them back. Let's get I call folks them late. I know they up. I know they in the trap. Got it slow. Man, this ass shit goofy. Got this shit off snap. Yeah. I been shooting guns. Boom. I got bodies from way back. I spent a lot on bonds. Shit look 3D. Hell no, I ain't in your city. Nah, I'm right here in your city. Uh-huh. They like fun, you better tuck your chain. Don't nobody wanna die, ain't nobody that silly. I've been shooting guns. Boom. I got bodies from way back. Boom. I spent a lot on bonds. Boom. Once I beat my case, I did it back. You know they like the bronze. Boom. You bet not trip. So, as you guys heard in the intro, man, that was King Vaughn. Crazy part is, man, that dude was super talented. And, uh, I don't know, I'm at a loss, man, because when you talk about talent, you talk about sharing your gifts with the world, right? Being able to put words together in, in regards to a rapper, being able to put words together, harmonize rap on beat beat selection is ridiculous um he wasn't the greatest rapper by any means but man i could listen to his music without a problem and i don't know if that's part of the problem because i mean the only thing he talks about in his music is killing literally just killing other people man specifically killing our people and it's crazy because i have a love-hate relationship with hip-hop I do, man. Um, And it it pains me a little bit because I don't know where to really go from here. So somebody like me, I have no problem. I I can listen to that type of music all day. And it doesn't make me want to go out and kill nobody. Um, It's just something about being able to relate to the struggle of it. Being able to relate to being the underdog. And finally being like alpha in your own neighborhood. You know what I mean? So I I can relate. I can definitely relate to that. The problem is I just cannot understand how other people who aren't mentally strong enough continue to listen to the music, knowing that it's causing them to act out in a certain way. So everybody doesn't have the same mental fortitude that another person may have. That's why you got some people who can actually watch a horror movie and at the end of it, they're satisfied. They don't want to go up and, you know, go out and shoot anybody or stab anybody up. But then you got some people who are just like infatuated with it to the point where they actually want to go out and commit these heinous acts that they see in these movies or in these TV shows. And a lot of what we see as a generation of, of people growing up, my generation was super big on like mafia, mafia type movies, gangster movies, uh, you know, a whole bunch of violence and, uh, I mean, violence to the point where you, I mean, you see people getting murdered in so many different ways 
And I think this is something that's going on with our culture because we enjoy it as a culture, even though we're scared to death of it if something comes our way in real life. But man, we are like stuck to it. I mean, how many true crime shows do you see? How many serial killer documentaries do you see? I mean, and this stuff is putting up big numbers. I mean, these serial killer documentaries are putting up like Marvel Avengers numbers. <laughs> so that's telling me that this is stuff that people want to see. People love talking about it. People love listening to it. They love watching it. And I don't know if this is part of the problem. Because the more we consume ourselves with this stuff, the more we see ourselves as being a judge of it afterwards. And it's like, especially with youth, we can't really understand how this stuff is going to affect our youth. And this is what they listen to day in and day out. And it literally becomes their lifestyle. And I'll just put it this way. I remember growing up in an area where it was just not the best. And my mom, she did the best that she could to kind of provide a, a good life for us. And a lot of times we always ended up in like the hood areas. And it's not because, you know, she just didn't care. She she worked her butt off to try to get us a better life. And it was just certain things that, you know, as a black woman, she was not able to do as far as income wise. She couldn't get up to where she wanted to. I remember she had a um, she told us all the time man. she was like, man, I just want to be able to make forty thousand dollars a year. Forty thousand dollars a year would be so great for us as a family. And, you know, forty thousand dollars a year, you know, growing up, that wasn't a lot of money. Especially compared to today's time, forty thousand dollars wasn't wasn't really a lot, but it was going to be able to provide a, provide us certain things that she just wasn't able to do for us on a regular basis. So you look at how some of these people are struggling and how they're growing up, and these environments. I mean, it literally becomes a way of life for us because this is all we really know. So when I hear music that is trap music, or I hear music about gang violence and killing and all this other stuff. I mean, I can relate to it. And I think that's the reason why I listen to it so much. And I think that's the same reason why other people listen to it so much because it, it is relatable. But one thing I didn't understand was when we finally had the opportunity to live in Northern Virginia, we started actually uh, living in like a, not a suburb area, but we were like on the outskirts of the suburbs, but I was still able to go to good school. The majority of the school was white. Uh, we still had a lot of, you know, black folks in the school because we all clicked up anyway, but it was better than where I came from as far as the opportunity that was afforded to me at the time. And the thing that I could not understand the most was how we would go to these suburb areas to go to parties and stuff. And all these white kids, man, they were just listening to the music and they were literally just kind of eating it up all the time. And to me, they were trying to live a life that they didn't know about and portray as if they were in that lifestyle. And it just, it threw me off so much because I just didn't understand it. Like we would have gangs in the white school and a lot of the gang members that were white had never even seen the type of lifestyle that a lot of the you know true gang members come from. They've never had to experience that, you know, that empty feeling in their stomach because they just can't afford anything to eat or... Uh, having a fight to survive or just having to go through certain things in life as a kid growing up in the hood that, you know, most people go through. So I never understood their mindset and how they wanted to live a life that rap stars. I mean, sometimes we glorify it, 
I say we like I'm, I'm a rap star, but coming from that life, sometimes we do glorify because it's almost like a badge of honor in a way. But then on on the other side, it's almost like, hey, this is the only way we can actually tell our story, like get our pain out. And I think a lot of times media and these huge music conglomerates, they take our story and they twist it to make it seem like it's something that is actually uh, something to be proud of. Like, I mean, growing up, you're not proud of the moment where you literally open your fridge and you have nothing to eat. But your mom has enough money to go buy either a pack of noodles or a loaf of bread and you're eating mayonnaise sandwiches for lunch or mayonnaise sandwiches for dinner. You know what I mean? Or it's like the steakums when we finally had the opportunity to get some food stamps. We got some steakums and that was probably the best meal that we had, you know, during that time. And it's like people, some people don't understand the struggle of just not being able to eat, period. And it's like, why would you want to be something that you're not? I understand street cred and all this other stuff is important to some folks. Eh, it's important for those that are actually in the street. <laughs> like if you, if you ain't in the street, it ain't important to you. But I think when we start to peer into the situation of Chicago and Cities like Detroit and all the gun violence that we see on a regular basis, man, it's just it's heartbreaking because at one point in time, that was Newport News. That's the city that I'm from and Newport News at one point in time, one summer, man, I think one weekend we had like 21 murders in a weekend. And when you become like accustomed to that lifestyle 21 murders in a weekend doesn't phase you because it's like, oh yeah, that's Newport News. And that's, to me, that's a huge problem. And that's where, that's where Chicago is to the point where they're calling it Chirac. But then you look at how young somebody like a King Von is. Look at some of these other guys that were just murdered and their life taken away from them too early. It's a problem with our environment, man. It's a problem with the mind state of our people. And to be honest with you, if we if we had better opportunities for them, if we had two parent households to kind of guide these kids, man, I think that would make a huge difference. So growing up, I, I wasn't around my father a lot. Um he just wasn't really a father figure he you know locked up back and forth for child support and just never really had any ambitions to do anything other than what he's doing now which is on disability so um when you couple that with my mom who's working 70 80 hours in a week she's never home because she's trying to take care of the household you're left with kids that are literally raising kids and then when my mom does come home, she's frustrated because she's just she's just tired. You know what I mean? Like she just doesn't have a chance to reset. And next thing you know, here comes, you know, the abusive mentality or certain things that you go through as a child dealing with a single parent household that has a lot of stress added to you. And a lot of that stuff is just super unfair. And I look at how I'm living now with my wife and my kids and the opportunities that we're able to afford our kids because both her and I work and we're not 
the richest people. And at one point in time, I mean, we, we live paycheck to paycheck for a very long time. But our kids really don't understand the struggle that we went through. And I know for a fact that having two incomes in the house, as opposed to having one income in the house, is extremely important. But then also having a parent in the house that understands psychology, that understands the effects that it, uh, you know certain things have on their child's psyche, that also helps a lot. So when we look at the issue that we're dealing with in Chicago, man, it's just it's sad to see because. I mean, you look at some of these Chicago rappers, they talk about the lack of opportunity that they have in these areas. And you look at what we're finally given, which is an opportunity for some of these uh, kids to become rap stars. And next thing you know, they go from having zero dollars to having a contract with 500000 to a million dollars, but they still live in the hood. So does that mentality, that mentality never changes until they get to a point where they are a Big Sean or a Kanye. And then, I mean, of course, you got other issues to deal with with that. But I think we need to actually start putting our kids in a position to where they are looking to fulfill their their purpose in other ways outside of just rap or the NBA or the NFL. Because a lot of times, I mean, they're looking for that that one quick buck maker that's going to change their life, and they they lack consistency. They lack the ability to constantly go forward and seeing that progress as they're going forward. Because it's something that's not happening as quickly as they wanted to. They go back to the streets. They go back to the drugs. They go back to the gangs. And I think I, I like what. Uh, the entrepreneur song that Pharrell did with Jay-Z. I like exactly what he's doing in that song because it's showing our people that we have the opportunity to create our own success, to create our own lanes, to create our own avenues and put our people on. And I said this last time, uh, if we had more opportunity as people of color to kind of create our own narratives by owning our own, owning our own land, owning our own businesses, you know, owning our own banks, owning our own institutions. This would give us the opportunity to take some of that anger and anguish and stress and PTSD that these younger kids are dealing with and help them overcome this stuff. Because then we'll have the resources that we'll be dumping back into our own communities instead of waiting for the government to dump this stuff into our communities. I think we need to start picking up the mantle and creating our own lanes for our people and saying, hey, yeah, government assistance is cool, but that should not be the end-all, be-all. Like, that should be the starting point to actually getting you to where you need to be, and then you break away from that government reliance. Because let's face it, man, a lot of what... The government has done for our people has put us in a position to where we're almost crippled as a whole. I mean, when you got 77% of kids being born to single parent uh, households, and then those single parent households are actually transitioning into the system, it creates a dependency on that system. But what we've, what we've been seeing now with the 
generation that I'm currently in, our people are actually moving towards that entrepreneurship, that ownership, and it's giving opportunities to other people of color that are able to make a change in their communities, make a difference. Because that's what we need to see. I mean, the stuff that we are going through right now will always be what we go through unless we decide to actually make the change happen ourselves. Man, it's just, I see the violence, man. I see the frustration. I see the aggression in our young people. And in a way, I had hope at one point in time because I saw our children kind of, you know, going the opposite direction of where we were. And it seems like Chicago and Detroit and New Orleans and some of those other places that's like extremely high violent crimes because of gang activity, it seems like they're kind of stuck in that in that time frame. They're like stuck in, in time. And one thing I learned about PTSD is that it actually does cause your brain to be stuck in a certain time frame. So it's almost like you don't understand that you can move past this point. And that's what we need to be able to, to teach our kids, man. The first thing that we need to do, I mean, they need help in Chicago and, you know, in, in these places where black killings are rampant. They need help. Anytime there is a white neighborhood that has had uh, any type of issues, the first thing they want to do is put them through rehab or put them through counseling or get them some sort of help. And that's the same thing that our people need, man. These kids are seeing so many dead bodies on a regular basis and it's becoming normal to them. I mean, it's, it's almost warlike in those areas. And it's like, how do we expect them to still function when their best friends are getting killed and the life expectancy of that area is around 16 years old? And it's like, if they make it past 16 or 17, now they can, you know, they can celebrate for a little while until they hit their 20s and boom, they're, now they're dead in their 20s. And it's like, how do we expect them to just go to school and function normally without being able to deal with these issues of like post-traumatic stress. So I, 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 that's why I like Chance, man. I like I like what Chance the Rapper has done. I like what Chance the Rapper is doing for Chicago. And in his earlier projects, man, his music was always about trying to force some sort of change in Chicago because it's needed. It's definitely needed, man. Um, and I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if it's going to take more of us to move down there or build those neighborhoods by moving into those areas. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I do know that if we were able to get them some sort of help, it'll definitely help strengthen their mental fortitude. It'll help strengthen them to the point where now if they get into a fist fight, they're not trying to pick up a gun. 600 Breezy, I think I think 600 Breezy had talked about uh, people on the outside looking in at Chicago was like, yo, why, why don't they just fight it out? And he was like, well, we do fight it out. And if you look at the video uh, with King Vaughn, he actually walked up to Quando Rondo and he like, yo, he punched a mess out of Quando Rondo in the face. And he was just started wailing on him. And then next thing you know, somebody from Quando Rondo's team took a shot. It's all on camera. He took a shot. And I think that's when uh, King Vaughn got hit. And it's like, man, like, It's crazy because in that situation, I don't even know what I would have done. I mean, it was a mob of dudes 
I mean, Vaughn had like, it looked like he had 20 to 30 people with him. Quando had his whole crew with him. And it's like something like that you just can't, you, you can't really help. Because um, the aggression is there. I mean, people are ready for war at that point. I mean, you got that many people. That's, that's, just, that's just different. But the crazy part is like that didn't happen in Chicago. That happened in Atlanta. The Chicago dudes went to Atlanta and met up at the same spot, the same club. And uh, I mean, it's just like, I understand beef, man, I do. But I want our people to be able to be better than that. And it's going to take some time. And I think that I think we're doing it. It's happening at a snail's pace because the majority of our people aren't killing each other. That's coming from a, a small minority. But I do know that our people are doing so much better than we were before. We're doing so much better than we were in the 90s and in the 80s. This generation here is going to be the generation that takes us where we need to go. And I'm super ecstatic about that. I think it's important that we focus on this generation, that we focus on congratulating our kids, teaching our kids entrepreneurship, teaching them about credit, teaching them about self-reliance. And I guarantee you we're going to see the shift happen during the next generation. And I thank God that, that this generation has seen more fathers active in the household than my generation. And I believe that right there is going to be the biggest, the biggest change that we're going to see in the African-American community. Yes, I wanted to get up here, man. Uh, Rest in peace, Devon. Man, if you listen to his album, man, his album just released a week before he got shot. So if you look into Welcome to Old Block, like the first song, Arm and Dangerous, I mean, he's talking about how niggas is actually out trying to get him. And then you talk about the stress and the pressure that he has just in this music alone. Man, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking to listen to. And then when you see how he's able to put these words together and actually make it make sense, make it sound good, it's like, bro. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we got to change, man. Our people, we are changing. And like I said, I'm congratulating our people for that. I like to see the direction that we're heading in. And I think it's just awesome. Um, If I had any advice for anybody listening right now, stop paying attention to the media, man. The media is going to paint us out to be the most worst, vicious, vile people that have ever walked the face of the earth. And we all know that's not the truth. But look at your communities and see if there's anything that you can do to be an impact to your community or an impact to an individual in that community. And if you can, don't hesitate to do it. Don't hesitate to do it. Hey, look, I appreciate you all rocking with me. This is a short podcast today. I will be back with a couple more guests. We wanted to kind of get everything uh, set up and launched for the other podcast that is launching today, the HVAC Apprentice Podcast. It is a real one's birthday today, man. So I want y'all to help me celebrate my 35th birthday. Thank you so much for listening. I thank you guys so much for the support. Like I said, I, 
I like the way, you know, the direction that this uh, podcast is going. I really appreciate the support. Thank you so much. Um, We'll catch y'all guys on the next time. Cute, I see.